you would like to submit a story, topic, or have any other inquiries, please email submit at skibanewsnation.com. Also, you can email Jeremiah Skiba personally at jeremiah at skibanewsnation.com. Also, email Jake personally at jake at skibanewsnation.com. If you want to write us a letter, send us something, help support us, or just say hi, please send your letter to Jeremiah Skiba, P.O. Box 560-271, The Colony, Texas 75056. If you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, and click that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Skiba News Nation. If you want to help support us, please consider becoming a Patreon where you will get exclusive content, shoutouts, and much more. You can also support our channel by getting yourself some new Skiba News Nation merch. Thank you for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Skiba News Nation. Also, you can listen to Skiba News Nation podcasts on your favorite podcast platform. I want to know what the truth is. And I hope that people, my son, anybody, if my name comes up, whether you like me, whether you agree with me or not, at least you can respect the fact that he's on a quest for truth. He's on a quest for truth. Welcome to Skiba News Nation. Bringing you unfiltered views, news, interviews, discussions, and more. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Skiba, award-winning musician and son of Rob Skiba. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, welcome to episode 49 of Skiba News Nation, your weekly source of the latest news, controversial topics, conspiracies, forgotten history, and so much more. I'm your host, Jeremiah Skiba, and today we're going to be talking about How do we combat the AI? Verified human. Here's the possibilities. UFO footage. A woman claims to be impregnated by Bigfoot. People were saying they were seeding the clouds, even in 1969. The government is poisoning us. The Chosen, a hit Christian TV show, has gay pride flag on set, but it does have an interesting tie with the Rider of the White Horse of the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse and an insane new Biden federal agency that has been created to track your behavior. Stay tuned. Welcome, Jake. How are you doing? Hey, Jeremiah. Doing pretty great. It was a great conference down in Georgia where we went and hung out with so many people, so many friendly faces, people that we've seen over the years, people that we treat like family. Uh, It's pretty amazing. Of course, Jeremiah, Sheila, and Lindsay, and my wife, Sierra, got to hang out, and it was just a great time. And uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about some things I learned at that conference in regards to how this month has been taken over by a certain political minority. Uh, and a whole bunch of other things we're going to be talking about. I'm really excited for this week. Let's go ahead and get into the news.
Alright, so we just got back from the Sacred Word Revealed Conference down in Georgia, and it was a great time getting to hang out with Jeremiah, Sheila, uh, Jeremiah's girlfriend, Lindsay, and, and my wife, Sierra, was along with me. We had to leave the kids with the grandparents, and it was a just you know free bird moment for us, getting to see a lot of friends and, and people that we treat almost like family down there. Uh, it's a, a pretty small world when you start to tap into the conspiratorial-minded realms, right? Uh, but we had a fantastic time. While we were down there, I got to hear a very interesting presentation from a gentleman. Uh, his name was Zach Mason, and he covered the topic of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And I wanted to share this because it ties into uh, something that's often used during this month that we are currently in, and uh, there's a hijacking of it of a certain political minority. Uh, but he opened my eyes uh, to an interesting prophetic parallel here. Uh, we have, of course, the rider on the white horse who has a bow in his hand. And according to Zach Mason, uh, the interesting connection here with the certain pride agenda that comes out during the month of June is the fact that the bow is a rainbow. And, uh, and he associates the end times deception and the agenda that shoots the fiery darts of the enemy, right, of this writer of the apocalypse is actually the, the pride LGBTQ agenda. And it's a sign of the times. It's a sign that we are nearing the, uh, you know, some book of revelation type stuff. And so the reason I wanted to share this is, of course, uh, I'm going to try my best this year to not fall into the trap of being one of the conservative-minded people, right, that overly publicize and just spread the content that is being pushed out from these media companies, even though I might be disagreeing with it, might be debunking it or saying how gross it is, how brainwashed people are that are pushing this agenda. Uh, the fact is that I've, I've recently come to the realization that conservative people are often the biggest spreaders of that type of content just because we're trying to, you know, share out, oh, look how gross this is. Look how crazy these uh, trans people are and all the cross-dressing and whatever. You go to a conservative page, and especially during this month, and it's just post after post after post. I think the best methodology is to just kind of stop giving them the limelight. And uh, I think that's exactly what they want, even if you might be posting disagreeing with it. Uh, it's a trap that oftentimes conservative-minded news-type people can fall into, and, and I've had my perspective changed on that re uh, recently. But I, I just found it really interesting what Zach Mason was sharing at the conference regarding the, uh, the rider on the white horse and the, the rainbow bow in his hand shooting these arrows, right? And as to signify that one of the agendas in the end times would be this push for sodomy, right? To, to turn the world into a all-love, all-inclusive perspective that opens up to transgendered kids, hormone puberty blockers, and just all the agendas of uh, keeping the populace to a low because you're not having traditional copulation that can end up with a baby. You're having unfortunately, yeah, alternative lifestyle that, uh, in, if you look in the evolutionary sense, doesn't end with a growing population. You don't pass those genes to the next generation. It's unfortunately a 
a type of mentality, a type of being that is spread through media, spread through indoctrination, spread through agendas, uh, because it's not a genetic thing being passed down, that's for sure. In, in, a, in a really kind of nitty-gritty breakdown of the topic and, and why it's being used by the elites and pushed so heavily on our next generation and our populace is because they want to depopulate the world. And one of the best ways to do that is to keep people from having babies. When someone accuses you of wearing a tinfoil hat, remind them it's better than wearing a blindfold. And if you are somebody that is still not aware that there are massive evils being perpetrated against mankind today... Uh, I don't know if anybody can help you. Uh, maybe the most high can, but just remember you need to have a love for the truth. And if you don't, um, you're going to buy a lie. Here's a, a funny one, and we'll move off of this topic pretty quickly. LGBTQ, let's get Biden to quit. <laughs> uh, and uh, one one more here. You know, you have the push that this month is Pride Month, and we reject that. Uh, but we have to keep in mind that one of the reasons this agenda is so prevalent is because it makes part of your identity something that is sin. It, it makes y you as an individual identify with something that is a, a, a blatant transgression against the word of the Most High. And when you identify as something opposite of what His word tells us is righteous and set apart, uh, it, it separates you from the Most High. And, and of course, there's a lot of Christian propaganda and kind of country club Christianity that argues and justifies, oh, Jesus did away with the law. Jesus made a way. Um, and yes, in a way, come as you are to be changed into a reflection of who the Messiah calls you to be. However, don't come as you are and remain as you are because that's a deception. And unfortunately, that's what we see in today's world just keep in mind that modern media is brainwashing you to side with Satan. And I find this next article that I want to discuss kind of interesting because the things we consume are so powerful, especially when it comes to religious media. And especially entering into this month, I find it very fascinating that this recent picture leaked and it was from the set of The Chosen uh, and they're defending having a pride flag on set amid backlash. Now, my my own family has watched The Chosen. It's a, a very well-done show that discusses the life and of the apostles and of Christ. Uh, but the question being here is, for lack of a better term, idolize the people we see in the film, and then we see what they propose and support off-screen uh, it, it creates a very big conflict because we're engaging, we're watching this faith-based Christian show, and we see what they're, you know, supporting in the background. And of course, you know, these are actors, and we have to be reminded of that. Uh, but it's whenever you see things like this that you kind of raise your eyebrow, and you're like, okay, well, is there some type of agenda behind? what's being done with this series, unifying the Christian community behind such a, a beautiful uh, piece of artwork. And, and then we see these things start to leak out. Uh, not to mention when you look into Jonathan Rumi, the guy who plays Jesus in the series, and his strong Catholic tie, his uh, interesting uh, tie with certain 
uh, secret societies, Knights of Columbus, you know, he's a Freemason, you know, all these kind of things come to the surface and, and you see him uh, very strongly encouraging people to join his Catholic prayer app to say Hail Marys with him. Uh, you got to ask yourself, while yes, it's an emotional series that can really, you know, bring the tears to the eye and make you think of your Christian faith, is there a, a, an agenda behind the people that are participating in the production. Now, I can't judge the director, Dallas Jenkins, um, for necessarily you know trying to pull one over on everybody. Maybe he's just called to make Christian films, right? And, and unfortunately, the actors that are signing up are not representing the very book that they're depicting. Um, but at the same time, this comes into very dangerous waters, and... And it's something to be aware of. Now they're they're defending the having the pride flag on set after facing criticism on social media, um, and it's just uh, it, it's an interesting time. And we have the chosen post here, just like with our hundreds of cast and crew who have different beliefs or no belief at all than we do. We will work with everyone on our show who helps us portray, uh, you know, I guess the story of Christ. The Chosen unapologetically supports sexual depravity and has no problem promoting homosexuality and transgenderism. Promoting and accepting unrepentant sin is not the way Jesus lived or taught his followers to live. Uh, so, of course, walk, working in the film industry, you're going to work with all walks and types of people. Uh, and it takes a whole lot of coordination to bring a production like this together. Uh, but we, we all the more reason not to make people into idols or, or not to let just the fact that you saw somebody in a, in a Jesus TV show uh, convince you that they're innately a good person, right? And if anything, you know, from the show I've drawn that, hey, people are flawed individuals. Um, but in the end, you know, we do see that part of the, the danger is with the ecumenical movement is what is this TV show funneling people towards in terms of belief and doctrine? Uh, what church are sweeping the people that are being swayed into belief through this TV show? Uh, who's, who's there waiting with their arms wide open? And if the church that is waiting with their arms wide open is a church that allows and encourages people to live in unrepentant, blatant sin, uh, then we're, we're in dark days and in, indeed, because they now have the powerful media that at their disposal that is really turning the hearts of people to, you know, oh, think about the biblical narrative. However, we do have the warning in Matthew 24 that many will come saying, he is the Christ. I am the Christ. Jesus was the Christ, right? And they will deceive many and lead many astray. There will be many false prophets. And, and, uh, and that's something that I've always heard twisted over the years is the fact that oh, well, uh, they're going to claim to be a Christ. And we've, of course, we've had the Harry Krishnas and the, the Jim Jones of the world that were very, you know, um, cultic. But the fact that some people could come along and say and encourage people to believe that Jesus is Christ and yet still lead people astray, it really does set the precedence that we need to have our watchman hat on and we need to be paying attention to what's being promoted off screen as well as on screen uh, despite the fact, of course, that I'm acknowledging that this is a well-done show and very entertaining to watch. So, 
that's the caveat there. So uh, on this topic of so when we say modern media, is it just atheistic, hedonistic, secular media that could be brainwashing us? That's a question to ask, because it could be Christian media as well, wearing a guise that behind the scenes is promoting something opposite of what the word shares. On this topic of sodomy, uh, I found it really interesting, this article I stumbled across that had a scientific explanation for the wife of Lot turning into a pillar of salt. Now, of course, we have the story of, of Sodom and Gomorrah being destroyed and Lot being pulled out by the angels. Uh, of course, the warning that we get from the story of Sodom and Gomorrah as Lot and his wife are being pulled away from the cities by these angels, Lot's wife turns around and looks back on her life that she's leaving. And, uh, and of course, this is a really interesting breakdown here of the scientific explanation of what happened. Now, the events depicted below are from the archaeological site of Tel Hamam in Jordan around 1700 BC. Sometime late during the day, just as Lot and his family were approaching Zoar, a meteor zoomed into the atmosphere and in an airburst about one kilometer high completed the destruction of the city and set in motion a sequence of physical events that led to Lot's wife being covered in salt. Now, in the story, one of the most hard-to-believe kind of amazing aspects of this story is that she turned to a solid pillar of salt. Perhaps metaphor, right? That I've heard it said of, but what if there was a literal chemical reaction that happened as meteors entered into the earth's atmosphere to destroy uh, Sodom and Gomorrah that caused her to actually turn into a pillar of salt? Now, meteors entering the Earth's atmosphere have extremely rapid velocities with respect to the Earth, 15 to 20 kilometers per second. When they hit the thicker part of the atmosphere, the pressure on the meteor exceeds the molecular forces holding the meteor together. At that point, the meteor will break into much smaller pieces and effectively dump their kinetic energy into the atmosphere. The altitude at which this happens depends upon the speed, the type of material the meteor is made of, and the angle of entry and the density of the meteor. The thing to remember is that when this event happens, megatons of TNT worth of energy are imparted to the air, which causes high temperatures, a blast wave to propagate downward, and a good explanation of what happened at Chelyabinsk, Russia, airburst. The airburst, the airburst had to have happened around 650 meters above sea level, so as to contain the damage within the walls of the Dead Sea Valley. This would mean it was about one kilometer above the Dead Sea Plain. If it had happened at a higher altitude, then it would have affected many more towns than were reported to have been destroyed. They estimate that Airburst released 10 megatons of TNT energy, which is enough to flatten the mud brick buildings. The archaeologists also found melted rock and bubbles in melted zircons, which would require a temperature of 8,000 to 12,000 degrees Celsius for a few milliseconds. When the airburst hit the water of the Dead Sea, two things would happen in the blink of an eye. The surface level would become superheated water, meaning the water would boil, but the pressure too high for the water to boil at that instant. And the surface of the water would be depressed, sending a tsunami traveling south. The water surface would rebound eventually, and the Dead Sea waters would cover the land in a tsunami. Soil samples from that layer show evidence of topsoil destruction and contamination with salt. 
at the northern end of the Dead Sea, when the superheated water was relieved of its pressure, it would explode into steam, possibly melted salt or gaseous salt. Salt melts at 801 degrees Celsius, and the boiling point of salt, not salt water, just salt, is 1465 Celsius. If you recall, the angels told Lot to get to the mountain and don't stay in the plain. This was wise advice for the airburst was going to cause a tsunami of, well, biblical proportions. It would superheat the surface water for quite a ways south. Lot and company were farther south by the time the meteor struck, so the temperature was less than that wickedly hot 12,000 Celsius. Thus, if Lot's wife was lagging behind, looking back longingly at where her life had been and she had not reached a sufficiently high elevation and distance from the event, she would have been hit with superheated water. When that water touched her relatively cold body compared to the water temperature of 120 Celsius or more, it would have deposited a layer of salt and anhydrite all over everything it touched. As the liquid exploded into steam, the salt and anhydrite would cool, turning her into a pillar of salt with a human body for a core. Lot's wife would have looked like a pillar of stone. God did not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, nor did God turn Lot's wife into a salt statue. God saved as many people as he could from the coming destruction, but those who had removed themselves from God's protection, from God's protective hand, suffered the results of that natural calamity. Now you have the the line in the sand there being drawn between the righteous and the unrighteous, and the people that were protected by the Almighty were drawn out of a place that was beckoning for destruction, and it was the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah uh, that you know we get the modern term sodomy from. And uh, and when you think about today's world, you know there's no point at which somebody can't turn around, but there's such a nefarious agenda when identity is being tethered to uh, something that's directly opposed to the word of the Most High, and uh, and it causes people to shut themselves off from repenting. Uh, and therefore being drawn back into covenant and communion with their creator. Um, so uh, I wanted to read through that because, you know, of course we have this uh, uh, this topic going on today, and, and we look back at the warning that was made of the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and uh, the possible scientific explanation of why Lot's wife was turned into a pillar of salt. Now, we're going to dig into uh, a variety of other topics, but I found this meme pretty interesting. Uh, this is people starting to discover truths, you know, just, you know, digging into the dirt a little bit with a spoon. Uh, but this is conspiracy theorists, you know, the people that have actually excavated the, the knowledge. They, they've dug so deep that they're starting to find the veins of iron ore that spread all across the world and, and understand how it's all connected. They're getting so deep, uh, sometimes, unfortunately, you can get buried in your own hole that you dig. And, uh, and, of course, that's the warning to not get swept away with the depressing topics of the day, right? But that leads us into an interesting topic, uh, and it's the topic of AI. Now, here's an interesting video that I saw posted uh, that discusses a Android bot that can speak 70 languages. And that's interesting to me, of course, when you look at the biblical narrative of the Tower of Babel and the confusion of all languages. You have that number, you know, 70 plus languages 
that were spread out across all the earth. And now all those languages are being unified once again with AI and uh, Android bot technology. And this, uh, this female Android is being sold currently. Um, and after that, we're going to discuss how can people, real-life people, fight back against AI artwork and technology that is uh, really taking the internet by storm, but also devaluing the human touch, right? And so let's check out this video. Chloe? Of course. I'm the first personal assistant built by CyberLife. I take care of most everyday tasks like cooking, housework, or managing your appointments, for example. Mm. And I understand you're the first Android to have passed the Turing test. Could you tell us a little more about that? I really didn't do much, you know. I just spoke with a few humans to see if they could tell the difference between me and a real person. But it was a really interesting experience. But this is the first time in history that man has created a machine more intelligent than himself. I gather your brain can perform several billion billion operations per second, is that right? <clears throat> Absolutely, but I only exist thanks to the intelligence of the humans who designed me. And, you know, they have something I could never have. Really? And what's that? A soul. <laughs> oh, man, you know, of course that looks like a, a kind of a CGI rendered video but we're very quickly heading towards this type of technology and when you pair that with the ai chatbot style technology that is taking the internet by storm currently uh, we're entering into a really strange world there's a new startup happening that is actually uh, being founded by a teacher i used to have in the philippines uh, micah and i wanted to share it here uh, it's verified human and it's a way of fighting back against AI artwork and, uh, and verifying real work created by real people. And I just wanted to give them a shout out here, uh, verifiedhuman.info, if you guys want to check it out and give uh, uh, Micah, Mr. V, a shout out. I really think this is a great idea. In a world where it is impossible to tell the difference between work created by humans and work created by artificial intelligence, the, sh the solution is not smarter AI. The solution is an appeal to uniquely human attribute, our ability and willingness to be guided by values. Values transcend laws. Values transcend technology. We offer values-based, human-centered standards where creators of content and their audience can come together to shake hands in mutual appreciation and trust. Uh, so it's the verified human label that will identify I guess the work that you're creating as made by humans. And uh, so just a very cool idea. I'd encourage you guys to check out this uh, website. Um, you know, it is very important. You know, we've covered in our show the rise of AI artwork, the rise of chat GPT, and how it can pretty much mimic the voicing of pretty much any writer in the world. This idea is a great way to initiate the the solidarity that humans can have together to really hone in on what makes art artwork and to, for one, reward writers, artists, and musicians for what they have accomplished and come up with in their own brains and not based on what the robots spit out to them to then feed for monetary benefit, right? So, uh, very interesting. Uh, I wanted to share that with you guys just because it's a proactive way that somebody's created a, a company to fight back and, and verify real human creative efforts. And uh, much respect 
All right, so I wanted to read this for you guys. For thousands of years, people have known how to grow food, sew clothing, treat sickness with food and herbs, build shelters, and survive. It only took two generations to all but erase those skills from humanity and make us completely dependent on and at the mercy of the system. And that's really uh, the type of world we find ourselves in right now. I mean, who knows how to do those things? I mean, really, the, the tinfoil hat-wearing types, right, that are wanting to get out of the cities, wanting to be self-sufficient, homestead, grow families. These are all the things that paint you as a, a nonconformist now, right? Here's another video of... 1969 during Woodstock of all places where they were actually calling out the fact that the government was seeding the clouds and we know that uh, weather modification geoengineering has been a conspiracy fact for some time now just look at the Paris climate accords and the very things that they have announced that they are doing in our skies uh, but check out these uh, forerunners way back in the day uh, very interesting bit of rain so you better cover up if it does and if, you, if we should have any slight power problem just boot it out we'll sit here with you we'll be okay all right everybody just sit down wrap yourself up we're gonna have to ride it out hang in there with us god bless you watch those towers Oh man, I think it's just sad how the hippie movement has been completely usurped by all these political agendas and, and now the very people that back in the day were awake for generations, right, warning about what the government's doing to us, were the first to get in line whenever they were, you know, wanting to do their medical experiment the past few years and the first to condemn others if you weren't wearing a, a mask or whatever. And uh, it's just, uh, it, it shows that Revelation can come in waves, and uh, even way back then, they were calling out that the government was seeding the skies, and we know for a fact now that they absolutely have been. So on this topic of government-perpetrated evils, right, uh, here's a warning somebody posted recently. The next pandemic, even deadlier than COVID, is coming, warns the WHO. And of course, uh, as I've shared before, sometimes it seems as the boa constrictor uh, loosens up, you're like, oh, we're free. It's letting go. But that's simply it readjusting before it constricts the rest of the life out of you. Uh, and so I can definitely see how a lot of the mandates, the agendas that were pushed 2020, 2021 are going to ramp into high gear because they figured out 
that they can get away with it. And so this next time around, hold on, because uh, you're going to have to really have a resolve for your sovereignty, uh, for your personal medical autonomy, for your rights. And uh, what are you going to stand up for uh, you know, when they come knocking on your door uh, next time? And just keep in mind, along the chemtrail topic, along the, the medical tyranny topic, that the medical deception that we've had to deal with, uh, you are not sick. You are being poisoned. And whether it's your diet, whether it's the things that are in our skies, what's in our water, uh, all of these things contribute to your state of health and well-being. And that's why so many people are coming out of the system, trying to homestead, trying to grow their own food. Because we're finding more and more uh, we are being poisoned. Big Pharma works directly with the produce manufacturers and the people that give us our food and, and coat our, our vegetables and apples with poisons. And then when we go to the doctor, the doctor is getting a big check in his back pocket to put you on a pill that doesn't treat the cause, but you know causes more symptoms and makes you a lifelong patient. And it's just so tragic, the world we live in. And um, I know people that... Uh, are listening to this, they're like, oh, this is just conspiracy nut jargon. But we are in a day and age where it is conspiracy fact. And these things that have been done to mankind, uh, they're being revealed more and more. And that's how they can get away with it in a lot of ways. Because when they tell you what they're doing to you, and you still buy their poison, and you still fall into their trap, then the curse that falls on you is technically your fault. And that's how morally, I think they justify a lot of the things that are done to us. <clears throat> why you shouldn't trust nutrition science study why oatmeal keeps you feeling full for an insanely long time funded by quaker oats oh big surprise there right cu study diet beverages better for losing weight than water funded by who pepsi <laughs> you know sweets are good for children and may stop them from getting fat in later later in life funded by who Skittles. Oh, very interesting. Well, that, that brings to mind that video that we saw of mainstream media. And after every one of their broadcasts over the past two years, it was funded by Pfizer. No wonder so many people were pushed towards such a, uh, a toxic experiment because funded by Pfizer. You know, man. What a what a, a crazy time to be waking up to all this stuff. It, it can be overwhelming, but stay strong, uh, keep your faith, and uh, and look towards the good, true, and beautiful. Right, that's all we can do. <laughs> you keep calling me far right, but I think you mean right so far. <laughs> that's what uh, most conspiracy theorists are uh, saying today, right? See, the truth is, your job isn't going to grow up, give you grandkids, and visit you at holidays prioritize accordingly. This is the true conspiracy when it's boiled away is they're trying to take away the family unit. They're trying to take away your ability to have true wealth, which is having a family, which is having faith, which is having a positive outlook at life, which is being connected with your creator. That's what they're trying to sever because it makes you into a debt slave. It makes you into a depressed consumer. Uh, and so just remember the priorities, guys. The secret CIA programs that inspired the hit series Stranger Things. This article breaking down how the Doofer brothers used real-life government programs like MKUltra and Stargate Project in their hit show. 
Uh, I just want to read through some of this. It's very, very telling how they they reveal the truth in interesting, entertaining ways. It's really interesting that these programs were ever allowed to exist, right? The hit Netflix series Stranger Things was clearly influenced by Steven Spielberg and Stephen King, with a heaping helping of the X-Files and Twin Peaks thrown in for good measure. But some of its creepiest source material comes from the real world. Past the plot points about the Upside Down and the Slime Monsters among us are references to government mind control programs and covert experiments in telepathy that actually took place in the U.S. throughout the 20th century like MKUltra and Stargate Project. And now we've done previous episodes. Jeremiah's covered MKUltra and, and, and a variety of figures such as the uh, Charles Manson who were propped up as these culture figures that were being directly influenced by these CIA programs. In an interview with Rolling Stone, Matt and Ross Dufer, the brothers behind the show, mentioned some of this inspiration. We wanted the supernatural element grounded in science in some way. As ridiculous as it is, the monster in the alternate dimension doesn't come from a spiritual domain and it's not connected to any religion. It made it scarier. I don't believe in ghosts, but I believe in aliens and alternate dimensions. Uh, Jumping down here. uh, When Chief Hopper tracks down Terry Ives, the woman who attempted to sue the government for abuse after what happened to her at Hawkins, he and Ives' sister talk about Project MKUltra. Though it sounds like what conspiracy theorists' wet dreams are made of, MKUltra was a real government program funded by the CIA that went on from 1950s to the early 1970s. It tested countless subjects at over 80 institutions, many of which were fronts funded by the government and filtered to schools, private hospitals, and even a couple jails. Most of the documents relating to the project were destroyed by the CIA in the 19, in 1973 because, of course, they were, and what we know comes from witness testimony, a couple congressional investigations and a cache of 20,000 incorrectly filed budgetary documents found during a Freedom of Information Act request in 1977. It's enough to paint a terrifying picture of a wide-ranging government project that sought to capitalize on mind control techniques that could theoretically be used against enemies during the Cold War. And I I believe uh, this is interesting because we also have ties to Project Paperclip and the Nazu scientists that were brought over from Germany during the 1940s uh, and some of the you know government organizations that were founded and uh, and and run by these uh, transplants from Nazi Germany and when we find that it was simply a, a way to transfer the research that was done uh, in that totalitarian dictatorship into the Western world and that that information and those experiments and that science uh, based on I think how to sway a giant populace's perspective for for example uh that these things all kind of led to these experiments in the 1970s these figures that were transplanted over eventually you have to ask the question if this is what they were doing in the 1970s what level are they implementing mind control and propaganda in the modern world today especially with the technology and media power that we have uh, literally at our fingertips with our cellular devices, right? And and how are they swaying public opinion 
and convincing and coercing people based on their propaganda in the modern world to do nefarious things based on what they learned with their mind control programs in the 1970s. Alrighty, so that's an interesting breakdown of uh, Stranger Things and how it just brings into the light that there are true conspiracies that have gone on that have been shouted from the rooftops by the tinfoil hat wearer that everybody discredited as craziness, right? But it's just being vindicated and realized as the apocalypse is unfolding around us. Uh, but that goes into uh, an interesting video that I want to share. Uh, this is insane Biden federal agency that has been created to track your behavior uh, goes right along with the MK Ultra stuff, I think. Check this video out. You could be marked with behavioral codes by the U.S. government based on your social media if this new bill is passed. It would create a federal government that has full access to police and control every website. I am not kidding, literally every single one. Uh, not only that, the government would create a new federal agency that is a pol it's online police. Uh, they could launch investigations and fine you based on what you say. And it is not like the FBI where if they accuse you of something, you get your day in court. No, their, their word on your online behavior would be final. Uh, this is unbelievable. Now, I know this is, this sounds scary, and this is one of those segments where I'm going to show you bits of the bill that I think are concerning. Um, I know that doesn't always make for amazing television, and Clayton will lecture me later about screenshots of bills. But anyway, I think we need to educate ourselves about this, and we absolutely should tell our representatives what we think of it. So hold on tight. I know I've already lost you at new federal agency because federal agencies did not have a good week last week uh, with the Durham report, with the FBI whistleblowers. CIA. With, um, yes, new revelations that the FBI has been using 9-11 powers to survey Americans uh, over almost 300,000 times last week. That was revealed. And they said, oh, that's not in the rules. We got confused about the Justice Department emails. So, okay, here's what this is. This is from the Digital Platform Commission Act of 2023. Came out from these two Democratic senators, Colorado Senator Michael Bennett and also Vermont Senator Peter Welsh. Now, what they're couching this as is a need for AI regulation. Uh, we've talked about this a lot. You know, tech giants are sort of warning that AI is going to run away from us too fast and then take over in short order. But is that what this bill is? It's not. It's not that at all. Um, AI is barely mentioned in this bill other than a cautionary tale. What it does is give the government full access to every social media and website that operates inside the United States. I'm not kidding. Look at the jurisdiction. That's how they define it is basically... Yeah, any digital platform. Any digital platform, the services of which originate or are received within the United States. So they get access to overseas yes as well as if it if americans access it or it can be accessed in the united states that's their business what they would call this is the digital the federal digital platform commission 
Federal Digital Platform Commission. It's like the FCC for the internet. Um, here's what their job would be, and it's seven things that they lay out. Uh, they would access digital platform for civic engagement, they say, access to government services and public safety, uh, competition to encourage the creation of new online services, prevention of harmful levels of concentration of private power. Okay, put a pin in that one. That sounds a little concerning. That means they don't want private individuals to basically have any power to have a website and then use that power. Um, number five, a robust and competitive marketplace of ideas with oh, a yeah. diversity of view. Yes, the government really wants diversity of view. Uh, can we go to the next one, please? Um, number six, protection for consumers including people, communities of color and underserved population from deceptive, unfair, unjust, unreasonable or abusive practices committed by digital platforms. And number seven, assurance that the algorithmic process of digital platforms are fair, transparent and safe. Okay, that one concerns me a lot. Who just laughed? Go that ahead. David fell out of his chair. Me. I just, David yeah, fell out chair. because they use these terms that are subjective. It's like, and it just leaves it open for interpretation however they want to interpretate those yes. words. And I always say that if you're going to go after people that cause fear, you have to do it to the least common denominator, the weakest among us, yes. because nobody can be hurt. And I, that just drives me insane. Right. And so think about this idea of marginalized communities, right? And then if you can make the point that, let's say me saying any words that makes you think, oh, this might not be fair, might be then flipped on its head and called hate speech and then downranked. I mean, I'm going to make this point later about how COVID behavior would have and could have been downranked, um, that kind of thing. So again, right away, we need to be wary that the government wants to access all digital platforms, but says, don't worry, we're doing this for civic engagement. Raise your hand if you believe that. And if we play this out a little, like we have pl platforms like we're streaming right now on Rumble, which have refused to censor topics such as COVID, elections, gender ideology, you name it. This bill would give the government a driver's license inside of Rumble. And Rumble couldn't say then, well, we don't want to downrank this conversation. We don't want to censor this conversation. They would have no choice. Uh, Twitter. We've shown how through the Twitter files, the government agencies could just slip into Twitter's DMs and say, censor that person, block that person, cancel that person, right? But now, because of Elon Musk, that had to be stopped. Well, this bill is one way to take that power back and just completely be in the driver's seat. Now, the senators say they want this because of these reasons. They say that, you know, they need to make sure that digital platforms are not undercutting small business, abetting the collapse of trusted local journalism. They're worried, <laughs> right, that online social media is oh. abetting the collapse of trusted local journalism. Oh, so they're choosing okay. what is true. Yeah. Right. And who gets to speak? They're going to tell us these journalists are deemed. This is, this is like Canada all over again. Right. Yes. So the Canadian government, of course, will, will make you register to be deemed, deemed a government selected journalist basically right right if you're part of like rebel news or somebody else no no you're not a deemed journalist you're not a trusted source and so you could imagine i could imagine a scenario where there's like a riot or there's something happening in your town and people take to twitter and they're posting videos of like what they're seeing right yeah. out, out their window they're like look what's happening this uh, what's happening in my town 
you know, and they could shut that down. They could literally come in and shut that down. And at the same time, they could then be turning to these trusted sources to disseminate fake news to well sure but we don't need that hypothetical because we've already been through the covid pandemic where discussion of certain therapeutics that are proven were downranked and disallowed blocked uh where vaccine hesitancy was also downranked and disallowed why right four times we were banned on this channel on youtube specifically no mainstream media was willing to ask tough questions about the vaccine and they were all then trusted right yeah, exactly okay what were you gonna say where, where oh uh, well i was just gonna oh. say really quick and the importance of like actual medical doctors with medical degrees were silenced like that's the biggest part of it like yes you know and so those weren't the experts so they're gonna right. pick journalists that are the experts over doctors yeah they're gonna pick taylor <laughs> lorenz like we've deemed Taylor right. Lorenz. Yes. The, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Your specialist, Jake Tapper. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was just gonna say that, um, that the, the basically like it's it's getting it, what what they're saying is that like if you won't willingly join us, then we will block you. you know, it's like basically they only want journalists that will put them on the payroll and and toe yes. the line. And yeah. so like the, this this it's like it's 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 just a sli- a thinly veiled. Uh, way of just trying to take out independent media so thin so thin yeah it's very transparent uh let's go back to those reasons now that's number c some of the reasons they think that we need this um they need to make sure that addiction and other harms to mental health are not exploited uh disseminating disinformation and hate speech they want to take that on undermining privacy and monetizing the personal data of u.s citizens without informed consent and in some cases, radicalizing individuals to violence. Um, and then the next one, the last one, was uh, development of increasingly powerful algorithmic processes for communications. Um, this one, leave on the screen for a little bit so that our audience can read this to themselves, because this one's pretty laughable. They're saying the algorithm could surface conversations such as, let's say, gender critical thought or actual discussions of COVID therapeutics. And the government could not suppress it because, you know, the algorithm. So the government is saying they mistrust the algorithm and they need to take that power back. Like, don't let the algorithm raise awareness about topics that are good for you. Let the government do it. Um, And who exactly inoculate you? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Who exactly appoints this commission? Who's then going to be the one who chooses, who knows how to like, manipulate the algorithm for our best interest the president uh the commission shall be composed of five commissioners appointed by the president so absolutely this will be a political hire jack klugman in our chat says he'll be named the central scrutinizer <laughs> yeah the central scrutinizer so, i don't remember if that's the so, name so of basically the... go ahead oh sorry go ahead i was just gonna say so we're, we're basically what they're what they're proposing is putting a bunch of like 81 year old guys that don't understand how Facebook works or what a what a, a, a direct message is. They're going to put those people in charge of an AI algorithm for YouTube. Like uh, I don't see that backfiring. I suppose, although when you think of political appointees to these types of, you know, heads of of these commissions, you're not going to get someone like Edward Snowden who's like, huh, this is maybe an infringement on civil liberties, you're going to get someone who's like, all right, I'm all in. Let's, you know, tell them what they can exactly. talk about. Let's do it. Um, and so you get that, you get that, 
Oh, sorry, you get that yes person, not necessarily the most qualified or the smartest that would be able to do it. You just get somebody that's willing to, to do what they want. And gets drunk and on that power. any agency. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, you get a Yul Roth, basically. If you read the Twitter files and you're going along with the Twitter files, think of this as a Yul Roth who's just like, absolutely, let's shut down conversation because the government told us to. Um, now, what is it that this commission will be working on? Well, they're going to be coding your behavior. Uh, the commission will establish a code council that will develop these standards and behavioral codes. Take a look at how technical standards and behavioral codes. So let's say that you're doing something they don't like. You know, let's say you, for instance, are against school closures during the pandemic. That behavior would be coded and removed from the algorithm or purposely downranked. Of course, Google already does this. We know this. So does Twitter. So does Facebook. But this would be the government doing it directly. Google and Facebook have only done this because the government's asked them to. Now the government wouldn't even have to. It's taking out the middleman of social media. Um, in order to do this, the agency would have full access to social media platforms, their managers, and all of their data. Take a look at this investigative authority that they want to give themselves. Basically, you know, we can go into the management. We can go into all your data. What's yours is ours. No more subpoena through the FBI. We just take it. You have to give it to us. Now, if anyone is found to not be working along with this agency or doing bad, unlike the FBI, they don't even have to bring this new agency. They don't have to bring their case against someone in a court of law. Um, you know, when the FBI charges someone like President Trump, he has a chance to defend himself in a court of law. Not with this agency. The commission would basically have a final order and then you have to pay your fines. Take a look in general. Um, they're, they have final say. No, the previous one. Goodbye, Fourth Amendment. Final order. <laughs> final <clears throat> order. Uh, the next one. Sorry, do you see that one? I saw it. I saw it a second ago on the screen. That one. Okay. Uh, the commission shall have basically any, the right to, um, you know, issue a charge, classification, regulation, issue an order, concluding an investigation, and then they, that order is final. Then they... Um, Assess a fine and you have to pay that fine. You can appeal to the District Court of Appeals or your attorney general can challenge an order. But, you know, that's uh, assuming you have a lot of money and power. For the most part, you're kind of on the hook for this behavior unless you shell out the money for a federal appeal or get the attention of your attorney general. Um, they also can order you to cease and desist certain behavior and establish a civil penalty for civil behavior, which I assume means jail time. I mean, think of this, right? If you're speaking out against school closures and they tell you, you need to stop doing that because we think it's unsafe. I mean, they, they easily made the argument that school was unsafe. And so if you say, no, it's bad for kids to be out of school, they can say, you saying that is making children unsafe. You want kids to die of COVID. So um, we're going to put you in jail is what I assume establish a civil penalty means. It's not written out here, but why not give themselves that? Because this is a kitchen sink kind of bill. Um, and here's how much it will cost American taxpayer dollars to approve of this online Gestapo. Hundred uh, billion for the first year. And it just goes up it's from 100, there. Hundred million. million. Sorry. I'm, my, gla I'm, my glasses. Um, and then just more and more each year in the first five consecutive years. So I think that this is a bone chilling piece of legislation. 
I absolutely and wholeheartedly reject it. Um, I would like to invite you to read the bill for yourself and see what you think about it and let your representative know whether you like it or you don't. Um, because, you know, I, I don't know how much this has a chance to pass in this divided Congress. But as long as this is out here, when Democrats take power, they will pass something like this unless we tell them not to. So, well, and, well, I mean, the problem I see with this bill is it's, a, it's, it's really easy to create a boogeyman out of AI because that's an easy thing to get both sides on board with. Because yes. They think Terminator. They think that's the narrative. Here's the boogeyman. We all have to fight the boogeyman. So any of them that are in the same place, Democrats or Republicans, they're going to be like, we need this. And then you'll have the fringe on the outside that may fight it. But I just see them being on board with that just because no, that's an easy narrative to spin. It's a, it's a consolidation of power, and both Democrats and Republicans love that. Consolidation of power so that the big tech firms get more power. They control more of the government. They absolutely, they'll, they'll pretend, Republicans will play lip service to the fact that they don't like it. But in the end, they end up voting for it. They end up voting for these COVID bills. They end up voting for these COVID restrictions. They end up voting for greater power at the government level. And small businesses get squeezed and individual citizens get squeezed out. So they both, both parties love this kind of stuff. This, this was created by Democrats, but make no mistake about it. There will be people on the Republican side who will huge, you know, support this uh, very, very much. All right. And that's very interesting and pretty alarming when you think about it. Uh, the Digital Platform Commission Act of 2023, right? And just having the big government put their fingers into our interactions online. Uh, of course, we have the Patriot Act that allowed them to spy on us. And that was revealed by guys like Edward Snowden. But uh, whenever you see things like them being able to track our behavior and you also see the rise of central bank digital currencies and social credit scoring, such as we see in China, these can all add up to a very mark of the beastie type uh, scenario. Uh, so that leads us into another topic. Uh, I, I kind of like to see the alternate angle when I see something pushed very heavily in the mainstream news circuit. And currently there are many many UFO sightings and disclosure things coming onto the, uh, the circuit. Here's a, a, a video from California that talks about a mass UFO sighting event. You can see somebody uh, took video of these orbs. So Logan Paul, this social media influencer guy, apparently stole footage from a guy named Chuck uh, and uh, he offered him $100,000. He wouldn't sell the footage and he recorded it on a pinhole camera in his, you know in his clothes and stole off with the footage and he's threatening to release the footage um, and I wanted to share this just because this is circulating that this is some of the most desirable UFO footage that has been recorded and I wanted to share what he had to say about the footage that he stole from this gentleman uh, after offering him to pay him a hundred thousand dollars for it. And this is being talked about on Joe Rogan. Uh, it's being spread around. It's it's a really uh, popular clip on YouTube Shorts. But I have to ask the question: Why are they pushing so heavily uh, this UFO disclosure topic? It's all over the news in a variety of places. So check out what Logan Paul has to say about this footage that he has yet to release, but apparently he obtained uh, in a kind of sneaky way. Um. The footage is compelling, not convincing. It, it's from 1995. 
the tape had been worn down. It's been played probably over a hundred times, and so the quality is not great. And everything about it screams bullshit, which is the true reason I haven't released it. It's not enough. It doesn't have enough meat on the bone and proof for me to put it out confidently, confidently and be like, "This is this is legit UFO footage." There's one kind of interesting thing about the video that could prove its validity. When you scrub through the footage. <clears throat> Forward and or forward and back, like kind of fast. Like you take your little um, slider and you scrub through like this. The disc hovers so so fluidly. It's like it's like buoyant almost in the air. And I'm not sure if that type of movement, like as fluid as it was, was possible in 1995 VFX editing. It it, it, it looks it looks like like too good. It looks too good. And it's the one compelling thing about this video. Where I'm like that's. Maybe that's something, but I, I don't, like I said, I just don't have enough information at the moment to confidently release this video unless I can prove that it, it is somewhat legit. What and year? maybe Bob Lazar can help me. All right. So, of course, Logan has been very good at the years at jumping on viral topics. And you can see that he's putting out this information. Oh, he's got this exclusive footage, uh, likely because I think he sniffs out the fact that there is big disclosure big government footage boiling to the surface and now he's got some of this exclusive you know whatever um so it's interesting to me that this is kind of going around on the interwebs right now i will say i think he's a, a total troll and a shill uh when i met him at the flat earth conference the first thing he says out of his mouth uh is do you like butt sex and i'm like i'm not a sodomite uh, and then trying to interview him about why are you at this flat earth conference? And that's how he starts off our discussion. So total troll, total shill. Uh, and, uh, you know, just chasing, I think the fact that this is becoming more and a more, more and more of a mainstream topic. Let's get into this last interesting story. Uh, more of a humorous one. And uh, it's a story of a woman who claimed to have been impregnated by Bigfoot. And the only reason I bring this up because it's in my neck of the woods here in Kentucky. Uh, <laughs> it was just posted by the Paducah Insider. And it says, a local woman is the talk of town after an outrageous claim that she recently made. Sierra Munson, 24 of Paducah, says that she was impregnated by Bigfoot while on a camping trip a few months ago. It's the only logical explanation, says Munson. A longtime employee at Dairy Queen in McCracken County... My husband is sterile, so we thought we couldn't have kids. Now I'm pregnant, and the only way this could have happened is, is if Sasquatch was the daddy. Sierra's husband is fully supporting his wife, even though her story sounds a bit far-fetched. She was on a camping trip with her girlfriends a while back, says Harold Munson, 53 of Paducah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> look at the age gap there. Uh, she said that Bigfoot snuck into her tent and had his way with her, and I believe my wife. We've been married for a long time, and she never lied to me. Experts in the scientific community have been quick to voice their skepticism. Dr. Albert Furman, a renowned geneticist at the prestigious Mayfield County College, uh, experts in the field community have been quick to voice their skepticism. Uh, from, a bo from a biological standpoint... Remarked, from a biological standpoint, the likelihood of interspecies breeding is virtually non-existent. While Bigfoot sightings remain the intriguing mystery, we must rely on factual evidence, not personal anecdotes. Meanwhile, Harold Munson says that he looks forward to confirm confronting Bigfoot one day soon to give him a piece of his mind. 
I've got some strong words for Sasquatch, and he won't like hearing what I have to say, that's for sure. This is a developing story. <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, I, I wanted to bring this kind of outlandish, funny-sounding, impregnated-by-Sasquatch story because whenever we consider conspiracy versus conspirifact versus personal anecdotes, right? There are real conspiracies that are happening in the world. There are absolutely evils being perpetrated by money-hungry moguls, right? And oftentimes, conspiracy theorists gets lumped in with people that buy this woman's story, like the, the people that believe Bigfoot impregnated her, right? But you don't have to be that way. You don't have to be a nut to believe that there is deceptions in the world. And in fact, the, the biblical narrative says that there are many great deceptions coming to the world, many false prophets, many things that will distract us, pull us away. And if you don't have a love for the truth, you'll buy a lie. And, uh, and at Skiba News Nation, you know, that's what we don't want to do. We don't want to buy the lie. And, uh, and so I want to kind of depict the difference between topics like right, medical, medical deception Big pharma pushes, right, that we've experienced, uh, chemtrails, geoengineering, uh, and and topics like Bigfoot, right? That's really what people are lumping conspirifact into the category of, and it's really tragic. And uh, and you got to separate personal anecdote from conspirifact. All right, so that's all the news I have for this week, Jeremiah. Hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you, Jake, for another great current news as always. And now, a word from our friend, JJ. Now, personally, I've tried every CBD product on the market to help me manage my pain. I have degenerative disc disease, and nothing has ever helped me until I tried JJ's Natural CBD Rub. So when I found out that we had the opportunity to work together, I was so excited that I could share this amazing product with you guys here on Skiba News Nation. So if you want to manage your pain like I did, text CBD to 920-382-7720 for an exclusive $50 off a three-pack special. Also, check out all the testimonials on their website, jjcbdrub.com. Get pain relief like I did by getting yourself some JJ's Natural CBD Rub today. Check out more info down in the description below. Thank you, JJ. You're awesome, and I love your product, and everybody should go get yourself some JJ's CBD Rub at jjcbdrub.com. Uh, it's about that time for an all-new Opa's Corner. Take it away, Opa. The following presentation may contain too many cat jokes. Viewer discretion is advised. This presentation is rated CJ, Cat Jokes. Parental guidance suggested. My Hut, der hat drei Ecken. Drei Ecken hat mein Hut. Und hat er mir nicht drei Ecken, dann ist es nicht mein Hut. So, here's another Opa's Corner. So, let's get started. The son of a Saudi mongrel goes to study in Europe. 
One night, the phone rings at the house of his parents. His dad answers. How's your life going, son? It's going well, Dad. Is something wrong? You don't sound happy. No, Dad. Everything's fine. Berlin is wonderful. The people are nice, and I really like it here. Son, tell me the truth. I know something's not right. Well, Dad, to be honest, I'm a bit ashamed to drive to college in my pure gold Ferrari 599 GTB when all my teachers and fellow students travel by train. Son, why didn't you say so earlier? I will send you more funds this instant. Please stop embarrassing us and go and get yourself a train too. <laughs> a woman takes her little boy to visit their dead relative's gravestones at a cemetery. The little boy has never been to a cemetery before. The woman first takes her son to her grandmother Annie's gravestone. The initials under Andy's name say R.I.P. The little boy asks, Mommy, what does R.I.P. stand for? His mother replies, It stands for rest in peace. That means we wish for Grandma Annie's spirit to find peace in the afterlife. Then they come across the gravestone of the woman's Uncle Joe. The little boy asks, Mommy, what does R-I-H stand for? Pointing to the initials printed under Uncle Joe's name. We really didn't like Uncle Joe. <laughs> A 15-year-old Amish boy and his father visited the city for the very first time. They wandered around marveling at the different sites. Eventually, they entered a mall. They were amazed by almost everything they saw, but they were especially amazed at two shiny silver walls that could move apart and then slide back together. The boy asked, what is it, father? The father, never having seen an elevator, responded. Son, I have never seen anything like this in my life. I don't know what it is. While the boy and his father were watching with amazement, a fat old lady in a wheelchair rolled up to the moving walls and pressed a button. The walls opened and the lady passed between them into a small room. The walls closed, and the boy and his father watched as the small numbers above lit sequentially. They continued to watch until it reached the last number, and then the numbers began to light in reverse. Finally, the walls opened up again, and a gorgeous 24-year-old blonde woman steps out. The father, not taking his eyes off the young woman, said quietly to his son, Junior, go get your mother. <laughs> Sarah's parents are excited to meet her new boyfriend. This is the first time the 28-year-old has brought a man to meet her parents. 
Her mother slaved over a hot stove all day, while the father cleaned the house and cut the grass. They both wore their best clothes and waited for Sarah. At 8 p.m., they heard the doorbell ring. They opened the door, and Sarah is standing next to a huge man full of tattoos and a face that looks like it's been in a fight. He looks like he beats people for a living. After some hesitant hellos, the shocked parents take Sarah to the kitchen. What the heck, Sarah? Why would you date a guy like that? He looks like a thug. You've got him all wrong. He's an incredibly nice and charitable guy. What makes you say that? Well, just this month, he spent 200 hours serving his community. <laughs> A man comes running to the doctor, shouting and screaming in pain. Doctor! Doctor! You've got to help me! I've been stung by a bee! Don't worry. I'll put some cream on it. You'll never find that bee! He must be miles away by now! No, no, you don't understand. I'll put some cream on the place where you were stung. Oh, that happened in the garden behind of my house. No, 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 no. What part of your body did the bee sting you? Oh, my finger. The bee stung me on my finger and it really hurts. Which one? How am I supposed to know? All the bees look the same to me. <laughs> a big city lawyer was representing the railroad in a lawsuit filed by an old rancher. The rancher's prize bull was missing from the section through which the railroad passed. The rancher only wanted to be paid fair value of the bull. The case was scheduled to be tried before the Justice of the Peace in the back room of the general store. The attorney for the railroad cornered the rancher and tried to get him to settle out of court. The lawyer did his best-selling job, and finally the rancher agreed to take half of what he was asking. After the rancher had signed the release and took the check, the young lawyer couldn't resist gloating over his success. You know, I hate to tell you this, but I put one over on you. I couldn't have won the case. The engineer was asleep and the fireman was in the caboose when the train went through your ranch that morning. I didn't have one witness to put on the stand. I bluffed you. The old rancher replied, Well, I'll tell you, young feller, I was a little worried about winning that case myself because that bull came back home this morning. <laughs> An 80-year-old lady was marrying for the fourth time. A newspaper reporter asked if she wouldn't mind talking about her first three husbands and what they did for a living. She smiled and said, My first husband was a banker. Then I married a circus ringmaster. Next was a preacher. And now, in my 80s, 
a funeral director. When asked why the four men had such diverse careers, she explained, I married one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and four to go. <laughs> and now for the funnies. <laughs> Mom and Dad, meet my new boyfriend, Danny. Oh my god, he's a weed. <laughs> Noah's Ark Complaints Department. You only brought two ants? <laughs> Sheriff, Ben Wiggins is riding in the town and he's wearing that same little chiffon number that he wore when he shot Jake Sutton. When cats inherit the earth. Let's put it to a vote. Explore, invent, experiment, and research? Or just keep napping? Nap, 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 <laughs> nap, 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 nap. Yep. <laughs> Crossing paths on their respective journeys of destiny Johnny Appleseed and Irving Ragweed nod hello. <laughs> 76th Annual Catty Awards. The award for most apathetic goes to Gus the Tabby, who couldn't be bothered to be here tonight. <laughs> Final page of the medical boards. Bonus question, 50 points. What's the name of the thing that hangs down in the back of our throat? <laughs> Snacks. Orioles. <laughs> oh, oh, look, look, look. Double <laughs> stuff. Orioles. <laughs> yeah. And so, to take the fun out of clawing the furniture, I made everything out of scratching posts. It's <laughs> a good idea. Disgusting. It's just sort of a heavy huffing and puffing. <laughs> this is the downside of having a closed door meeting. <laughs> yeah, they don't like closed doors. Beware of dog. 
<laughs> that little mutt? <laughs> what a joke. Talk about bark being worse than its bite. Hmm. That's funny. Dead birds and beyond. What's our return policy? He said his human didn't like it. <laughs> I can't stay long. I'm homeschooling my grandparents on technology. <laughs> Come on, Dad. We talked about this. <laughs> bat, bat. <laughs> Cow joy rides. <laughs> and then she called me inconsiderate. Can you believe that? <laughs> Had to deal with that this morning. <laughs> Bovine methane study grant. I know how to milk them, but how do I get their methane? <laughs> oh, my hoof. <laughs> this next song is about waking up your owner when it's time to eat. It's called Butt in Your Face. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. <laughs> Folks, the main reason you're not getting a good picture is because you bought yourselves a microwave oven. <laughs> I was going to check the weather app, but I assume it's windy out. <laughs> Oh, the places you'll doze by Dr. Muse. You'll crash on the couch, you'll nap on the stairs, you'll conk out on cabinets, carpets, and chairs. You'll snooze near your human, all over the place, and sometimes you'll sleep right on top of their face. <laughs> You must be new here. That's Miss Crutchfield. She's here to make sure nobody runs with scissors. <laughs> when cats graduate. Okay now, I think we've had enough fun with our tassels. Let's settle down so we can begin. <laughs> Yeah, I remember Jerry, good friend of mine. You know, I never understood a single word he said, but he always had some mighty fine wine. <laughs> Jeremiah was a bullfrog. <laughs> Bird potty training. That was better, dear. 
Because let's try to make it onto the car next time. <laughs> People should be looking into that conspiracy. So, she opens the front door and she's all in or out. In or out. Give me time to think, human. Yeah, I need at least five minutes. <laughs> What's this? If I cancel an hour before my appointment, you charge me. Well, I just waited an hour past my appointment time in your waiting room. This is my bill. <laughs> Yeah. And over here we have the in-log apartment. <laughs> Unattended children will be given an espresso and a free puppy. And that concludes an Opa's Corner for this week. My hut, der hat drei Ecken. Drei Ecken hat mein Hut. Und hat er nicht drei Ecken, dann ist es nicht mein Hut. Opa's Corner is now available on my own YouTube channel. Like, share, and subscribe. Opa, that was another great Opus Corner. What do you guys think in the Twitter? Yes. Good job, Opa. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's calm down. Calm down. Calm down. We need to start working on those applauses, everybody. Okay. Thank you, Opa. And now... Here's a promo for my mom's book, if you haven't already got it, The Protocol That Kills. Did you know that a government-incentivized hospital protocol has led to the deaths of untold numbers of unsuspecting people? The Association of American Physicians and Surgeons noted, We now see government-dictated medical care at its worst in our history, since the federal government mandated these ineffective and dangerous treatments and then created financial incentives for hospitals and doctors to use only those approved and paid for approaches. The book, The Protocol That Kills, exposes the lethal regimen adopted by hospitals to maximize profits at the expense of patients' lives. This exhaustive expose provides a first-hand account of the protocol in action as it was invoked on an otherwise strong and healthy 52-year-old Rob Skiba who was diagnosed with a viral infection by the admitting hospital. Within 40 days, this valiant Army veteran who had sworn to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, had fallen at the hands of a government-incentivized domestic enemy. This over 400-page true crime story uncovers every aspect of this lethal protocol in action despite the protest of Rob Skiba and his wife. It includes disheartening text messages from Rob, who was locked away from his wife because she was forbidden to enter the hospital in the name of the protocol. 
lawfully recorded detailed conversations his wife had with doctors, therapists, nurses, and hospital staff. Numerous pages extracted from the over 5,000 page hospital record that exposed the protocol that led to his tragic death. The testimony of a medical expert who provided his detailed analysis of the case. Invaluable and timely insights of a legal counsel who provides the story behind the story by providing crucial details and evidence along with over 100 citations from clinical studies, medical journals, federal regulations, and relevant books and articles that prove Rob did not die of natural causes, but due to the perpetrator's insistence that he follow the mandated and inhumane protocol that kills. As Richard Bartlett, MD says, this book shares a wealth of critical insights that will greatly aid in preventing future needless losses of life. The purpose of this book is to sound an alarm of a clear and present danger as this lethal protocol is still being used against patients in hospitals all across America and to provide you with essential insights that can help save your life or the life of someone you love. To be forewarned is to be forearmed. Get a copy today at theprotocolthatkills.com. So find out what truly happened to my dad by getting yourself a copy of my mom's book on her website or on Amazon. We'll leave a link in the descriptions, I should say. And if you do get it on Amazon, please leave a review so the algorithm will recommend it to more people because her mission is to save lives. So, yes. So normally it's time for some mystery, but today we're going to call it a special segment because it's more recent history. So, okay, it's time for our special segment. Okay, so for this first clip, I want to show you how woke Hollywood is dying because, you know, I'm... I'm surrounded by idiots. We're all surrounded by idiots. So, let's watch this first clip. I'm that petrifying to these billion dollar companies? Well, good. I hope I am. And I hope, and I hope everybody else becomes that. I mean, this is what they're afraid of. They're afraid of one voice. Imagine. We all have joined a circus here. And in that circus, there is going to be all sorts of inappropriate messages, inappropriate behavior, and some sort of downright sexual predatory aspects of it. My dog stepped on a bee. <laughs> Lord! Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard. <laughs> you mean just, I mean arrested for disorderly conduct? Yeah. I'm transgender, and I'm binary, and I don't want to be searched by a man. I claim my Fourth Amendment rights. Uh, I find myself in New Zealand uh, playing the first female dwarf and immersing myself um, in the world of Middle Earth in, in, in such an extraordinary way. You have all these actors who have become famous playing these, these parts, characters. Yeah, yeah. But 
they're not movie stars. Right. Captain America is the star. Right. Thor is the star. If the only gatekeepers to movie stardom came from Tarantino and Scorsese, I would never have had the opportunity to lead a $400 million plus movie. I'm in awe of their filmmaking genius. They are transcendent auteurs, but they don't get to point their nose at me or anyone. The evolution of the business has gone to, like there are no movie stars anymore. Mm. Like Anthony Mackie isn't a movie star. The Falcon is a movie star. If you do win an award tonight, don't use it as a, a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So, if you win, right, come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your god, and f*** off, okay? Remember all those Access Media articles telling you the thing that you clearly didn't like was a good thing. For instance, Last Jedi has no respect for nostalgia, and that's a good thing. Disney killed the Star Wars expanded universe. Why, that's a good thing. The Eternals is not your typical Marvel movie, and that's a good thing. Andor doesn't feel like Star Wars, and that's a good thing. And who can forget my personal favorite, The Rings of Power is gonna upset Tolkien purists, and that's a good thing. Well, I've got one for you. Woke Hollywood is failing and that's a good thing. But how can you say that? The corporate shills have said woke Hollywood is doing just fine and you're just a teeny tiny vocal minority of bigots. Well, let's recap the year and you'll have to forgive me. I'm doing this off the top of my head. Award shows completely bombing, including the Oscars, which was only saved from being another record low by the slap heard around the world. Disney Star Wars accomplishing the inexplicable by breaking Disney Star Wars again with Obi-Wan. The beginnings of a woke Netflix culling following the failed Chappelle protests. We understand that jokes are jokes, things are things, but at the end of the day, what the hell is even that? A year of Disney Marvel diminishing returns in the theater and absolute MCU failures on Disney Plus. Couple that with all of those Disney flops, including one from Pixar. Sexism in gaming the inevitable demise of G4 in under a year. Batgirl, a near-completed film, canceled and erased from existence. Zaslav with his axe, firing all the big shots at formerly America's dumbest company, Warner Brothers, and then hiring James Gunn and bringing back Henry Cavill. The wokest of the woke, CW, selling for a bag of potato chips. Unfortunately, the company who bought them overpaid after they found out for every dollar the CW was spending, it was losing two. Everything burns. Then, of course, there's the <laughs> Woman King, a historical drama and a female empowerment story about slavers somehow managing to have a good opening on the worst box office weekend in 25 years. If you don't come see it, then you're sending a message that black women cannot lead the box office globally, <laughs> that you are supporting that narrative. Rose, an LGBTQ plus rom-com, completely flopped after the star of the film called potential movie ticket buyers homophobes. Shocking turn of events. In another shocking turn of events, just recently the film She Said, which is a docudrama based on the investigation behind the Harvey Weinstein scandal, completely failed. Honorable mentions, Star Trek and Doctor Who, two franchises that are well into the apathy phase, trying to turn things around too little, too late. And one of the more surprising things of the year, no, not the Rings of Power being a complete disaster, the successful fan backlash that absolutely, positively defeated a trillion dollar company. And the most recent thing, Disney firing their CEO in the middle of the night on a Sunday. The strategies that Bob's put in place 
are really, you know, long-lasting in terms of where the company's going to go in the short term. Bob Iger has said already he is not coming back. So if you take him at his word, he is gone. You don't want another big media job. No, I worked, I worked for a big media company for almost 50 years. Yeah. I started when I was 23. Yeah. No. The company says with its parks and other operations shut down, it lost more than $1 billion last quarter alone. Today, dozens of Disney employees walked off the job, an act of protest over Florida's so-called Don't Say Gay bill. Now, we were opposed to the bill from the outset, but we chose not to take a public position on it because we thought we could be more effective working behind the scenes. Don't say he, she, ladies, gentlemen, you know, just very like, you know, basically we have to be in fear of what we say now. I want you to know that your words have made a real impact on me. I understand that we've made mistakes and the pain that those mistakes have caused. And I know that our silence wasn't just about the bill in Florida, but about every time an individual or institution that should have stood up for this community did not. Yeah. <laughs> We're incredibly proud of how much our stories have been embraced by people around the world. The cost of keeping these subscribers, of coming up with blockbuster hits, of paying billions of dollars in programming costs to keep the fresh material coming that's going to attract people and keep them from turning this stuff off is enormous. Well, we had a great quarter overall. I mean, not only in streaming, but in our parks business as well. Healthy companies do not fire their CEO in the middle of the night at an Elton John concert and then replace him in a panic move with the architect of all their failures. As a wise person once said, You know what woke means? It means you're a loser. Everything woke. <laughs> Everything woke, everything woke turns to shit, okay? <laughs> I get added woke, that. Go broke. Or in the case of Twitter and Warner Brothers, get woke, get taken over. Unless we not forget Elon Musk's hostile takeover of Twitter and the meltdown has been glorious, particularly from woke Hollywood. So it has been a little over a week since Elon Musk took over Twitter and the place is, a, it's a mess. I even own Tesla, man. Right. Yeah, me too. Right. Happened. Michelle Obama wouldn't have happened. And, uh, Elon Musk Twitter? I don't Elon know, Musk right? This used to be a town square. He's already called back some of the workforce he fired a few days ago. He's putting his $8 charge for blue check verification on hold. First it was going to be $20, now it's going to be $8. He also suspended Kathy Griffin for impersonating him on a parody account. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm getting off. Okay. Bye. And none of this happens if you walk away, black pill, or stay silent. And things have gotten so bad, Hollywood, the access media, and the mainstream media have to acknowledge it, but of course, in their own way, without getting to the source of the problem and completely missing the point. Ideological blind spot or willful ignorance? Now we're going to get to an article that Chris Gore sent me about a month ago from the gray lady the once respected but now ultimate garbage tier New York Times. After hashtag MeToo reckoning, a fear Hollywood is regressing, the movement led to increased diversity, representation in the entertainment industry, but now there is a worry that executives may have turned their attention elsewhere. You mean focus on things like being profitable as a company? Harvey Weinstein's second sex crimes trial began Monday in Los Angeles. She said about the journalistic investigation that took him down and helped ignite the hashtag MeToo movement, which ultimately failed, arrives in theaters on November 18th. Well, that already happened and it completely failed. 
the Woman King opened to strong ticket sales last month on the worst box office weekend in 25 years, so I'm not sure how that happens, with Viola Davis saying she thought about the man who did very bad things to her, by the way, to power her visceral performance as the leader of the all-female group of African warriors that enslaved their own people. The convergence is a reminder of just how earth-shaking hashtag MeToo was for Hollywood. It was also opportunistic and a massive power grab, and that's why it ultimately failed. It helped touch off a broader reckoning in the entertainment industry around diversity, equity, and inclusion on both sides of the camera. Who gets to make the movies? Who gets to be subject of them? Activists say the studio and sets were permanently changed for the better. Zero tolerance for the workplace sexual bad things and discrimination is real. In recent months, however, Hollywood business culture has started to regress in subtle ways. Oh, it wasn't so subtle because Hollywood never stopped the discrimination, they just changed it. You can imagine, as a lot of industries, but Hollywood particularly, for so long, people hired people they knew, mm -hmm. and that ended up often being people who looked like them. We must, in my view, always have the right to promote the best man for the job, regardless of sex. <laughs> New problems, widespread cost-cutting, as the box office continues to struggle, coming union contract negotiations that producers worry will result in a filming shutdown, have become a higher priority. Check out the big brain on bread. Smart That's right. Fearing blowback, media companies that were vocal about hashtag MeToo and Black Lives Matter have been quieter on more recent political debates or cultural issues. Diversity, equity, and inclusion executives say that they are exhausted by an old boy network that is continuously trying to reconstitute itself. Women who were hired for big jobs and held up as triumphant examples of a new era have been pushed aside, except for Jennifer Salky at Amazon and Kathleen Kennedy, both who should be, while some of the men who were sidelined by misconduct accusations are working again. Are there pieces of crap in Hollywood? Certainly, here's the problem trying to actually figure out who they are in a town filled with them. If asked to speak on the record about their continued dedication to change, Hollywood executives refuse or scramble in terror toward the we remain staunchly committed talking points written by publicists. But what they say privately is a different story. Some revert to sexist and racist language. Certainly, much of the fervor is gone. You know what happened? I'll give you three names. Asia Argento, Amber Heard, and Mrs. Jar Jar Abrams. Katie McGrath resigning from the Me Too Time's Up board of directors that I believe was ultimately used as a massive power grab. How do you guys make hiring decisions and who wins? Uh, Katie wins. <laughs> uh, no, I think that the, if I can just, yeah, because this is, uh, you know. Yeah. It's no longer <laughs> about optics, he said. A recession is coming, budgets are tightening, and I'm really worried that diversity is going to be the first thing that goes. Not a surprise when you're green lighting projects, casting actors and casting directors and producers behind the scenes, all for optics. Studios have started to take more risks with content. Are you sure about that? Backing scripts, for instance, that would have been radioactive in 2018. What do you mean, Top Gun Maverick, Spider-Man No Way Home? At the height of the hashtag MeToo, or in 2020, when BLM was at the forefront of the culture in the summer of love that Hollywood went hard in the paint for and people haven't forgotten. I have to be honest, if things had gone differently this past week in Minneapolis, I might have traded in my heels for marching boots. I know that a lot of you 
people at home want to reach for your remote when you feel like Hollywood is preaching to you. No shit. At the same time, some movies and shows that overtly showcase diversity and inclusion have either struggled in the marketplace or failed to get off the runway. The takeaway, at least for some agents and studio executives, the smart ones, we tried. These woke projects don't work. Now, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but while every media and entertainment company celebrates Pride Month, uh, you know, being Pride Month, we changed our logo to be black and white. And just like that. And it's because that, that's our, our peaceful way of saying no. Sorry, we don't do that. So, yeah, so if you guys see that, now you know why it's black and white. If you noticed it. Okay. But I kind of wanted to get Opa's feedback on this because me and Opa were the biggest hardcore Disney fans. And now I can't support anything they do. And Opa, what are your thoughts about Disney and Hollywood today versus what it was before they went full woke? Well, Disney's got a, a problem <clears throat> in that they are a huge corporation. They have lots and lots of uh, stockholders. Uh, they've got a huge employee staff, a lot of whom are uh, LGBTQ, whatever, all those letters and whatever, and uh, they're tr they're in the past and and even now when Eisner has come back, they try to be not political. They don't want to get involved in any kind of politics. Uh, unfortunately, Chapik kind of didn't do that. He got his foot stuck in his mouth when he when he started to get political. Uh, Disney likes to do things in, in the background and they like to have they want to be inclusive of everybody, which is really, really hard to do. And you're going to really piss off one side or another. Now, right now, I think they're probably maybe way on the two woke side. They need to move the needle more toward the center uh, and again stay out of politics don't uh, open your mouth about uh, you know political issues or controversies or what have you uh, they're going to still get uh, people that are going to complain about it and, and that includes their employees and their stockholders and people that go to the movies and stuff like that but it won't be as bad as what it is right now because they're really, really uh, pissing off a lot of people. Yeah, and it's all for that 2% of the population that they're trying to cater to, which is the, the alphabet community. And um, pretty soon they're gonna start running out of letters, I feel, and they're gonna start using numbers, but who knows? So that's all I got for the woke Hollywood and Disney. Uh, now I want to show you guys what we did uh, this last weekend at the Sacred Word Revealed conference in Atlanta, Georgia with Zen Garcia. So let me show you a couple photos of that. So here, here we are, Jake, my mom, me, Sierra, and Lindsay. And that's our booth. We were there. And this is my mom giving a really powerful speech that we'll be playing at some point 
Another photo of the booth. And then our, I made this little postcard looking thing. It's kind of cool. And uh, there should be one more. And me and my mom. Or there are two more. And then that that's probably going to be the next postcard that we send out to our Patreons. I, I really like that one. And this is a lead up into maybe a history in the future. This is Bonnie and Clyde's ambush site. So this is where they were killed. And if you guys want me to cover this, let me know in the comments. And we might cover this because it's pretty intense and pretty crazy. So that's all I got for the slideshow for uh, going to the Sacred Word Revealed Conference in Atlanta, Georgia. But now I want to share with you a video that it really touched me and it really touched my mom. How Zen Garcia honored my dad at the conference. So let's watch this video. While everybody's still sitting, um, we're going to have a time of just fellowship and memorial for Rob Skiba. And Zen's going to um, get started with a few words. We know the truth. We, for whatever reason, the Most High has blessed us and given us the honor of knowing the truth. And so we have to be the watchmen, the watchwomen. We have to sound the trumpet. We have to share it with others. Because we're going to be the ones that people look to for guidance and direction. And that's a rare commodity in this world. And so it's with that that I want to remember Rob because he was an amazing truth seeker. And I'm honored to have called him friend and to know and to be able to do the shows that we did together. Because many of you have reached out because of my relationship with him that you opened yourself to some of the things that I teach. Because he was able to bridge the gap and to bring people together in a way that nobody else could. That's why he was always sought out to be the closing speaker of all the different events, all the different conventions. He was a uniter. And, you know, God bless him. And Jeremiah and Sheila are continuing in that journey, in that walk, and they're continuing with the work. And so with that, I'm honored to introduce them. And I'm honored to, to be here with both of you. So I'm not sure, uh, Jeremiah or Sheila, if y'all are coming up together or who's going to be speaking first, but thank you for coming, all of you. We love you all. It wouldn't be possible without all of you, and so thank you for making the journey. Rob loved you. Rob loved you so much, and it is hard to say goodbye. And there, Jeremiah never did get to say goodbye, but I just want to say thank you for all of your love and prayers, and it keeps us going. And Rob loved, this is the best part of my marriage, was coming to conferences and meeting people and connecting because Rob was so persistent. He was on a quest for truth, and he didn't give up. And it, he went wherever truth took him, even if it meant ridicule, even if it meant um, he was going to be made fun of, kicked out of churches. He didn't care he, because the Father said, I said what I said. So I want to thank each one of you because you've also been bold, I'm sure, in your own families and churches. And um, Rob's not dead. He's alive. 
he's more alive than we are. So I have to have peace and stand knowing that this is not the end. And I think we're closer to seeing Rob now than we ever have been. So thank you for coming. And um, I did bring, this is the book that you're, it's a lot of pictures. This shows you the man behind the story. A lot of people didn't know Rob personally and you know him from his research and his rants on Facebook. This is a story. Rob understood who Israel was because of, he adopted Jeremiah. And um, Jeremiah wanted to write this short story. It has more pictures. It's just a precious story. And then this one is not as fun to read, but this one, I believe, and I'm praying, will save lives. And this is the hospital 40-day nightmare from hell that I had to live through. And it's documented. It has medical records. It has charts. It has laws. It has all kinds of things. And I encourage each one of you to get it. And if you have a loved one that also died, this could be the answers that you're looking for because maybe you didn't document it or maybe you didn't have the phone calls to transcribe or didn't understand what they were doing. I'm hoping it will save lives and wake people up, so I encourage all of you to take a look at it. And thank you again for coming. Thank you. This is a presentation of Romans 7 through 11 is all about us being grafted into the cultivated olive tree. Ephesians 2 is about us being adopted into the family that is Israel. So when I came off of dispensation theology and came to understand the grafting and adoption process, really as a result of marrying Sheila, because she had a 13-year-old son when we got married, and I adopted him into my family and gave him my name. So he was not a skiba. Now he is a skiba. All of a sudden, Hosea is making perfect sense to me, and where Paul is quoting Hosea in Romans 7 through 11, I'm going, okay, I'm getting it. This is not replacement theology. People want to hear what I'm saying and, and accuse me of a, a replacement theology. That's not replacement. Jeremiah, my son, was a Garcia. Now he's a Skiba. He didn't replace me. He just got grafted into my family and is now heir to whatever my family has to offer him. And, you know, to whatever degree he wants to participate in it, he can pass on the legacy of the Skiba, you know, because that's who he became. He didn't replace me. He became part of my family. I don't know about you guys, but I'm there. I am trembling in awe of Yahuwah and his goodness. But through the actual practical experience that I went through in my life, I have some small understanding of what was going on here. And then a number of years later, Yahuwah restored and brought me my bride. I said, my picker is broken. I'm not picking the next one. <laughs> you, you, you're going to have to pick the next one because I can't pick right. So uh he did he 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 brought me into a full-time ministry i became a missionary in january of 2004 and a few months later uh, interesting august a new beginning eight eighth month august <laughs> so that's cool man. in the eighth month there 2004 uh, he brought the woman that would become my bride to be into my life and she had a, a 13 year old son when we got married and so i adopted him and he was not a skiba. Now he is a skiba. I get it. Right? I was not a people. Now I am a people. My son didn't change his DNA. He has Garcia DNA going through his blood. But I have given him a new identity. He wears my name on his baseball jersey. He is heir to anything I have to leave for him and anything my family has to offer is his. He is free to participate in every tradition my family has ever started if he so chooses. 
He can go the route of following his biological father if he wants. But I have given him a new identity that he can choose to accept. I believe that's exactly what's happened with us. And I thank God for the things, because I always said I didn't want kids. I love kids, I actually really love kids, but I know the style of life that I have always had. I'm always on the go, I'm always traveling. And my dad was a nine to fiver. My dad was always there for me. And I, I always said if I was going to be a dad, I wanted to be the kind of father my father was. But I knew that the type of lifestyle that I have and the, and the ministry that I'm called to, I couldn't be that. But I end up marrying a woman who has a 13-year-old son, so I, I didn't have to do all that diapers and all the, you know, you know. I am now more on the coach side of things and can be the friend side of things and can be that for my son. But, you know, he's 22 now, so he's off and doing his own thing, so I'm still free to travel. So God worked it all out and then taught me a pretty powerful lesson as, as to who I am in him through this, scenario, through this whole situation right here. When you start to look at this from a different angle from what we're being fed in mainstream media, this is a lie. This is a controlled narrative. This is what they want you to believe. And, and the fact that I saw so many Christians just hook, line, and sinker, line up for whatever the media told them to do with this last go around, that was terrifying to me. The disciples asked Yeshua, what's it gonna be like in the last days? Right. First thing he says is, don't let no man deceive you. But then later, uh, he says that the, that the last days would be like the days of Noah. Now, that begs the question, what differentiates the days of Noah from any other time in human history? Genetic manipulation. You get what I call the Genesis 6 experiment. And that's when 200 watcher class angels, according to the book of Enoch, landed on Mount Hermon in the days of Jared. And this is Genesis 6, 1 through 4 where the sons of God came down as the daughters of men and they had children that became known as the Nephilim who were giant offspring um, of the angels. And it gets so bad, all flesh had become corrupted. The, the creator had only one choice and that's to wipe out everything and start over again. He did so with Noah, who was found righteous in his generations. The Hebrew word used there is tamim, that's pure in his genetics, like a pure red heifer, same word is, is used there. So uh, I believe that the genetic tampering that was taking place, especially specifically in the last 120 years leading up to the flood, was the reason for the flood. And that's what Genesis 6.12 says, the earth and all flesh had become corrupted. How did it become corrupted? It became corrupted through genetic manipulation. Genetic manipulation, what we now refer to as transhumanism. I want to know what the truth is. You know, I don't care what it costs. I want to know what the truth is. And I hope that people my son, anybody would, you know, if my name comes up, whether you like me, whether you agree with me or not, at least you could respect the fact that he's on a quest for truth, you know, because we are living in a sea of lies right now. And right now, the Bible is my only compass in a sea of lies. Now, I just want to share with you guys my thoughts and feelings about what he's saying and what it meant to me. I know that he was so upset with how the fake news had infected the church after they were constantly being fed lies by the mainstream media. He's making connections between his years of research on the genetic manipulation during the times of Noah and connecting it to what is happening with genetic manipulation with the V and how it's affecting us today. Today's humans want to make their own flood, aka the Great Reset. He says, I want to know what the truth is no matter what the cost. To me, he's saying, it doesn't matter what the outcome of the quest is, 
But like every great man, he would die seeking and exposing the truth. Not just with this topic, but in every quest. No matter what anyone else thought, or how much he might have been belittled, for questioning what society's reality says, to me, my dad was a hero. He was an honorable man who lived and died for his quest for truth. And I hope to do the same and would encourage everyone who is watching to let no man deceive you, to do the same and forever stay on the quest for truth, no matter what the cost. Thank you, everyone. That closes us out for tonight. Thank you so much for coming and just being such a wonderful family here to us. So thank you and have a wonderful night. And I think the booths will be open for another 30 minutes or so. Please feel free to fellowship and enjoy. So a big thank you to uh, Zen, Justin, and Joy. You guys are like family to us. And uh, so many people that I met uh, new friends like uh, like my friend Isaac gave us these hats he's cool this cool seed hat and he made us a whole bunch of cool stuff and gave it to us so I just want to say thank you thank you Freeman if you're watching he's one of my new friends and so it was it was an honor to meet you guys and hope to do more conferences in the future with my mom uh, and that's all I got for this special segment so I hope you guys enjoyed now I want to share our latest product with you guys, uh, Skiba Beef. So let's play that out. Henry Kissinger once said, who controls the food supply controls the people. The powers that be are attacking our food infrastructure right now with the intention of making us eat bugs. I won't be eating bugs and neither should you. Go to SkibaBeef.com and secure yourself some long-term storage beef cubes. These aren't beef crumbles, these are real cuts of beef, freeze-dried for over 10 years of shelf life. Use promo code SKIBA10 at SKIBABEEF.com for a discount. So check out this amazing product today. And uh, now I believe Jake has some good memes for me today. So meme me up. Been a great show this week, Jeremiah. Uh, let me go ahead and get into some of our funny memes. We got some good ones this week. Here's a funny one for us. The fastest land mammal is a toddler who's been asked, what's in your mouth? <laughs> I know that's uh, definitely true. Uh, when a thief breaks into your house looking for money, I'll look with you. <laughs> oh, man. If you acted like Jesus, everybody would love you. They crucified Jesus. Yep. Persecuted, hated, right? Uh, for speaking the truth. People don't realize that it's actually love to speak truth about some of these hard-hitting topics like I did in my news segment, warning people that sin leads to destruction and separation from the Most High. And, uh, and, and that's why it's more loving to not coddle somebody in their sin but to rebuke and reprove them in love, right? Because you care about them. You don't want to see the curses that come from transgression fall on their life. Uh, and that's why they crucified Christ, right? When I don't have to pee versus when I have to pee, not a place to stop in sight. <laughs> 
No matter how hard your life is, don't react to your own post. <laughs> I see people do that all the time. It's, uh, it's like you're patting yourself on the back. The test is the dog A, sitting, B, standing, or C, laying. Uh, it looks like it's all the same answer, right? Just a reminder that there will never be a generation who fought harder against the wind than we did. The 70s generation, I guess. Look at those track coats. When you're supposed to be having fun, but you still want to wake people up. 9-11 was a lie. Thermite was found at ground zero. Oh, man. You remember, you know what? A conspiracy in itself is how much they used to make you pay for those photos at theme parks. Like $45 for a full print? You got to believe some people fell for that one, though. When you walk out the door in the morning and see a sky like this, <laughs> go back inside. Have another cup of coffee. Stay home. It's not going to be a good day. <laughs> oh, man. It's a tow truck. Lincoln's tow truck with some big toes on the top of it. You don't look like your picks. That was Tuesday. The 19th century versus the 21st century light post. Imagine living in a society where even streetlights are beautiful. Yeah, we've uh, definitely uh, we've definitely fallen short. I'll say that. Give a man a fish and he eats for a day. Teach him how to fish and he can avoid everyone for the whole weekend. Just recently caught some uh, pretty nice fish myself, but uh, it's definitely not a, a thing that I enjoy doing alone. It, it's, a, it's a good thing to do with friends and family so that you can be like, look at this, I got it. <laughs> when a biology student becomes an interior designer. <laughs> swimming, swimming, swimmingly. Admit it, we're all guilty of going... Yeah, fishy, fishy, fishy. Yeah, fishy, fishy, fishy. Me, me too. Pro tip. If you take the ice tray out of your freezer, you have unlimited ice. Oh, man. I, I, I know taking a pick to that sometimes is necessary. It'll, it'll freeze so bad it'll pop the door open. You don't understand. I woke up with this strange thing around my neck, and they were gone. Ah, that's like an Opa-ism. This is how we did our homework in the 1970s. No Google, no Wikipedia, and now in 2023, no chat GPT. Leave me alone. There's no formula. <laughs> there are three kinds of people in this world. Those who are good at math and those who aren't. Uh, check out this tackle box with a bunch of snacks on the beach. What a fantastic idea. Trying to buy something not gay in 2023 is like dodging lasers. That's how to give to charity. Just put it on the door, knock the door, and leave. No need to take selfies with the poor family and make them feel embarrassed. Yeah, We, we have the generation of do-gooders on YouTube now where people are making uh, bank basically filming themselves doing something nice for somebody. Uh, but that's the reward you get in this life, not the next.
Look at this guy who double parked. I need to start carrying some chalk around. <laughs> Look at me! I'm special! <laughs> like the best form of public shaming to somebody who parks in a terrible way. Uh, how are unicorns fake, but giraffes real? What's more believable? A horse with a horn or a galloping cheetah camel with a 20-foot neck? <laughs> uh, that's a good point. When someone tries to insult me by saying, I'm not a doctor, but it's a compliment because I'm not the third leading cause of death in the country. Guys, I found the cure. Transfix. We just had a guy come into our auto parts store asking if we sold longer dipsticks because he doesn't reach his oil anymore. Yeah, it's because your oil needs to be filled back up, buddy. Kind of reminds me of that prank where people are saying, yeah, the CIA has a tracking tag on each of our tires and you can cut it off. <laughs> it was the inflation, uh, the pump inlet. Here's a funny one. The zoo separates five parrots after the birds were caught encouraging each other to swear at guests. Does your dog bite? No, it's worse. She judges. <laughs> In the 1950s, they said, we will have flying cars. In 2023, our rappers say, do not eat this paper. <laughs> uh, anybody seen the movie Idiocracy? I think so. Just another unrealistic body expectation for women. You know, a third arm or, you know, an a, a, a arm down to their ankles. Remember when some girls were just tomboys and their parents didn't put them on puberty blockers? Pepper Ridge Farms remembers. When you see your human, grab the keys, but not the leash. When you put a potato in the microwave and push the pizza button, when it's all done, it's still a potato. Yeah, that's pretty much how choosing your gender works. Still a potato. The new IRS agents being addressed at their graduation ceremony. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, 80,000 agents that are all being asked if they're willing to carry firearms to come after your $600 deposit. As we play Skiba News Nation, leading up to Erev Shabbat, uh, just a great reminder, just like this dough, if you rest... You can rise. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Thanks for watching. Until next time, peace. Jake, thank you for another great current news and memes as always. Opa, thank you for another great Opus Corner. I hope you guys enjoyed our special segment today. And we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Always keep fighting. Never give up. As we continue this quest for truth. Subscribe and stay tuned. If you would like to submit a story topic or have any other inquiries please email submit at skibanewsnation.com also you can email jeremiah skiba personally at jeremiah at skibanewsnation.com also email jake personally at jake at skibanewsnation.com if you want to write us a letter send us something help support us or just say hi please send your letter to jeremiah skiba p.o box 560-271 the colony texas 75056 if you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, and 
Click that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Skiba News Nation. If you want to help support us, please consider becoming a Patreon, where you will get exclusive content, shoutouts, and much more. And you can also support our channel by getting yourself some new Skiba News Nation merch. Thank you for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Nation. Also, you can listen to Skiba News Nation podcasts on your favorite podcast platform.